You are listening to Sheep Might Fly, a podcast of serialised fiction written and read by Tansy Rayner Roberts. Our current serial is of knives and night blooms. Chapter 21B Underwater Somewhere Else. That new girl, said Valeria when the two of them met in the only tavern of a town too small to even have a name. The Needle. She's been in service for five years, said Icarus. I know you know her name is Marty. She keeps asking me questions, talking to me. She probably wants to be friends. It had come as a surprise to him, too, but Icarus thought it was best to be open to new experiences. "'Why?' asked Valeria, baffled. "'Because you're a wise old mentor,' he told her sagely. "'She wants to drink your experience like sucking juice out of an orange.' "'Fuck you. Do you think I need friends?' "'If I knew what you needed, we might still be married.' She laughed at him. "'Last I checked, we're still married.' "'Marriage between priests was forbidden now.' had been for years. If Icarus and Valeria got another divorce, it would be forever. He raised his eyebrows at her and smirked a little. Want to get a room? Bed was what they were best at together. They'd known each other's bodies intimately for decades on and off, and knew exactly how to move, to touch, to ravish each other. The last time they tried to make a go of it, They'd been hired by a husband and wife at a masked ball. The husband hired Valeria to kill his wife's lover, and the wife hired Icarus to kill her husband. With hours to go before midnight, when the deaths were supposed to occur for maximum drama, they'd been stuck at the ball for hours, joining in the formal dances and making intense eye contact across the room. They killed both men at midnight, shattering the lanterns to perform their sacraments in darkness. Then they took themselves off to Valeria's house to take a shared bath by candlelight, reminding each other of every possible way they could bring each other pleasure. They played at being husband and wife for another three months after that, but by the end of it they were throwing wine glasses at each other, flirting with other people, making each other miserable. Friends was fine. Colleagues was good. Even husband and wife were fine, as long as there were fond names they gave each other, attached to no expectations of married life. Icarus trusted Valeria more, knew her better than nearly any other living soul in the world. But he shouldn't be married to her. He probably shouldn't encourage her to make other friends. She'd only break them, sooner or later. The needle seems robust, he said, as a final word on the subject. Fifteen years ago. She can probably take you, Valeria laughed. Icarus awoke, out of the water, spat night-bloom petals out of his salt-wet mouth. He was in a cave, a dark cave waist-high in river water. He couldn't see a single candle or lantern anywhere, 
but light flickered eerily against the domed, craggy ceiling. The next thing he spat out was a mouthful of black feathers. I know you're here, he yelled, hearing his voice bounce back in a mournful, mocking echo. Death. When Icarus was a child, he saw death as a child. As he became a man, death grew broader shoulders, longer hair, a masculine swagger. His voice deepened. It was rare to see death in person, but his voice in your ear guiding your hand. Icarus lived for those moments. He had not heard the voice of death in... How long was it now? Ten years? Twelve? Twelve years ago was when the stave and the bow came bright-eyed to Raven's Gate as a package deal. Two young men, friends as close as brothers, eager to serve. Icarus hadn't taken them seriously at first. You couldn't pay attention to every recruit. But Valeria saw something in Boars, the stave picked him as backup for her missions, as an excuse to teach him a thing or two. She'd laugh in your face if you called her a mentor, but... Marty had also been charmed by the stave, reluctantly at first. Boz was steady. There was a calmness about him that was soothing. Icarus stopped resisting once he realised that Boz was capable of sitting quietly in a tavern for hours without speaking. Truly, what more could one want in a companion? When Bors and Reynard worked together, they were magic. The bow and the stave. One frenetic and fast-talking, the other calm and quietly wicked. Honestly, Icarus assumed they were a pair in bed as well as out, until Bors and Mardi became, well, a better argument for marriage between priests than he and Valeria had ever been. Not that they were allowed to take that particular sacrament. Didn't matter now. Bors had been dead for months, leaving behind an angry friend and a not-quite widow. The child he longed for would have no father. The retirement he planned would never come. Icarus wasn't entirely sure that he was alive either. Death, he yelled in the cave. The forbidden name, the one word that the priest of the Black Raven never spoke aloud, because it was the name of their god. Too sacred to speak. What the fuck have you done? No one else would speak to their master like this. Icarus had always seen things a little differently, and the Black Raven humoured him. Had always liked to pretend they were equals, friends. That was what was so disarming about the beautiful bastard. A man stood on the rocks, veiled in shadows. Icarus waded towards him. Am I dead? After all this? You let Calix take us. You let Bors die. You've betrayed us over and over. What the hell do you have to say for yourself? For a moment, Icarus had a flicker of doubt that this was the Black Raven. 
from behind it could still be Reynard. The long dark braids, the tailored shape of a feather brace, with all its patterned embroidery. Soaking wet, Icarus made it up the rocks, seized the arm of the man in black, who turned wild-eyed and threw himself sobbing into his arms. God, after all. Icarus held the trembling figure of his master. If the black raven wanted comfort, he'd chosen the wrong priest. What is wrong? he asked. Gods weren't supposed to cry all over you. I'm broken. Death gasped into his neck, adding more wetness to Icarus's clammy skin. Genuine tears, hot and searing. Wild-eyed, Icarus patted his back as if this was a baby novice, devastated after their first kill. Worst things happen at sea, he ventured. It's one of the things Layla used to say when they were young and stupid together, trying to figure out what their life might look like with a baby in it. Death made a sound that was half laughter, half misery. I'm not really here, he confessed. No, Icarus agreed. I'm not here either. I'm drowning in the River Divine. My only consolation is that that little fucker Reynard is drowning too. Death pulled back. He'd never looked less otherworldly. There were shadows under his glorious eyes, tear tracks on his skin. His stubble was uneven, not as perfectly shaded as when he usually made his dramatic appearances. Do you remember, Death asked Icarus, when we were children together? Do you remember my other name? We were never children together, said Icarus. I was an old man at eight years old, and you were a divinity pretending to be a child, so I wouldn't run away from you. Death quirked a small smile at that. Would you really have run? We'll never know. You remember, though, the name you gave me, before you knew who I was. Icarus sighed. I always knew who you were, dear heart. Death blinked those pretty eyes of his. Icarus, as always, was easy for him. Aiden, he breathed. You wanted a name. I gave you one. Don't tell me you still use it. Sometimes, said Death sadly, when making new friends. Icarus rolled his eyes. Death, Aiden, looked impossibly young and Icarus himself had never felt so old in his life. This began to feel less like a religious experience and more like an intervention. Who do you have your eye on? Fresh meat for the temple? I'd sort your handmaidens out first. There's been a major balls up in administration. Aidan's tear-rimmed eyes looked apologetic. Oh, Icarus breathed. Fuck you. You did this deliberately, didn't you? Aidan raised himself up on his toes and kissed Icarus on the forehead. Don't die, he murmured. You're needed, love. For the first time in a very long time, 
Icarus was afraid. There was something final in the voice of the god he had followed for more than forty years. Right back at you, he whispered into the darkness. So much darkness. His mouth filled with salt water and petals. Death came for Icarus one more time. Thanks for listening to Sheep Might Fly. This podcast was recorded on Palawa land. I acknowledge and pay respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional and continuing custodians of Lutruwita, Tasmania. Sheep Might Fly is produced and edited by Andrew Finch. You can sign up to my author newsletter for updates. Follow me on Instagram, Blue Sky or Threads at TadsyRR. And if you like this podcast, consider supporting me at Patreon, where you can receive all kinds of bonus rewards, early ebooks and exclusive stories for a small monthly pledge. I'll see you next week with the next chapter.